mindfulness mode 421. Yeah, you know, it is different from person to person. I, I tell my clients, if they're really looking to brand themselves, then they should be on the cover. Hey, Mindful Tribe, welcome to the show. I saw a fascinating book online. I think it was on Facebook. And I thought, oh, I really want to download this book. And then all of a sudden I thought, well, why don't I reach out to the author and have the author on my show? So I did exactly that. And today you are going to hear my interview with the author of this incredible book about sharing your story, sharing your message to the world. And you probably are here because you care about being focused, you care about mindfulness, you want to become more grounded. Well, I have recorded another new meditation not too long ago, and it's about awakening with focus. It's about getting started in the morning. So many of my uh, listeners emailed me and said, could you record a meditation that will just help me be alert in the morning so I don't even need caffeine. I don't even need coffee. So I've recorded this one, Awaken with Focus, about being alert. It's about feeling invigorated, fresh, and dynamic for the day. It's all about bringing out your vibrancy so you can feed those around you and be the energetic person you desire to be. You can download this free guided meditation at mindfulnessmode.com forward slash awaken with focus awaken with focus sit back relax and as you listen to this interview today think about what it would be like for you to share your message with the world hey mindful tribe we're going to be talking all about mindfulness and books today and i've got just the person to do it i've got rob cosberg with me today hey rob are you in mindfulness mode today i hope so uh <laughs> i try to be based on my mindfulness morning routine every day oh that's awesome well rob <laughs> has just been doing incredible things to uh, change the world with books and I just want to share a little bit about Rob. Rob Cosberg is a number one best-selling author, and he's founder of bestsellerpublishing.org. He's been featured on ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, The Wall Street Journal, and he's also done a lot of other things, like he's been involved with various charity sponsorships, including personal overseas trips for fundraising and serving the poor in Manila and in South Africa and Brazil. And in the last five years, now get this, Rob has built three different multi-million dollar businesses in less than 18 months by meeting clients' needs. And you don't do that without mindfulness. I'm pretty sure of that. So I'm really excited to talk about what you've done with your Publish, Promote, Profit program. I know that you've got a book with the same name, Publish, Promote, Profit, and you help clients kind of make their dreams come true with this. But before we get into how you do all this, what does mindfulness mean to you, Rob? Yeah, good question. I think for me, I would say there's an inward aspect and an outward aspect. I'd say the inward aspect means a sense of peace, a sense of freedom internally, where I feel like I'm uh, accomplishing what I'm supposed to be accomplishing and also letting go of that which I can't control, uh, if that makes sense. 
But I'd say outwardly, it, it means something as well. It means being mindful of other people and their needs. It's a little golden rulish, right? Mm-hmm. Doing on to others as I would have them do on to you. So those are my thoughts. Well, I think that a lot of people find contentment by telling their own story. I think so often mm. we have this desire to share our story with the world. We think, wouldn't that be the greatest thing ever? But something holds us back. And maybe it's about not being mindful enough. But what do you think it is? Well, typically it's fear that holds people back more than anything else. Fear is probably the root, but there's also this perfectionist mindset that people tend to have when it comes to telling their story. And I guess that the root of that is is a fear as well, a fear that it's not going to come across, it's not going to be well received, that sort of thing. But ultimately it's it's this fear of putting yourself out there and people not embracing. Well, before we talk about your publish promote profit program. I want to talk about your experience in South Africa and your experience in Brazil. I know I was down in South America in August and spent a couple of months down there. And it's incredible how much poverty there is. I mean, there's a lot of wealth too, but there's a lot of poverty. Tell me about your experience down there. Which place in particular, South Africa? I was thinking about Brazil. What was your experience there? Brazil was really a, a tremendous experience. I love the culture. I love the South American Latin culture anyway. I'm from South Florida, so there's a heavy South American influence there, especially Cuban, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But Brazil was fantastic. We did a, a giant fundraiser and concert. I think I was a, a cog in a wheel. I certainly wasn't the, you know, the main person involved, but I think we had 30 to 35,000 people at this concert. We served the poor in the flavelas, which are the, you know, shacks built built on the, the mountainside of the city. And, um, you know, the culture, the food, the people are just incredible. I've never, I've never done something for someone else that is uh, needy like that, that wasn't more rewarding, honestly, for me than I think it was for them just to see their spirit, their gratitude. It's amazing. Wow. Wow. Well, you bring that same kind of spirit to people that you help with the book publishing, I think, like people that have been wanting to do something for so long. Well, tell me how you do that through Publish, Promote, Profit. How do you how do you connect with people so that they can actually pull this off? Thank you for saying that. I like to believe that we try to bring that aspect to it. We really care about our clients. We really want to create something that is meaningful and memorable, you know, something that they can build as like a foundation piece to their business. You know, we find our clients through, we eat our own home cooking, right? So, you know, what we teach our clients to do, we do ourselves. So I use my books and our lead generation via everything from media and PR, the TV, radio, uh, blog, magazine appearances, as well as a ton of paid advertising using the book um, to people that have never met me before or met us as the piece of authority, right? If someone is interested in a book called Publish, Promote, Profit, more than likely they're interested in publishing. (laughs) Right. And seeing as that's what we do, the book sets me up as the authority. It gives my best content to people for, you know, very, very little without asking for anything, knowing that if I 
a lead with the giving hand that there's going to be a percentage of those people that come back and say, I can't do it myself. Will you help me and do it for me? And that's exactly what happens. Right. So just to make sure we're clear, this means that the book is being self-published. Is that right? Or are you publishing it through your company? We are the publisher, but we use self-publishing tools to do that. You know, Amazon is the 800-pound gorilla in the space. So we publish, we drive a lot of traffic to our pages and whatnot. So we publish our own name for 95% of our authors. Some of our authors want to publish in their business name, or sometimes we actually work with traditional publishers as the marketing arm, uh, kind of a white label type agreement where we do marketing and PR for traditional publishers like Morgan James or Penguin or, or others even. But most of the time, clients come to us for the publishing piece of it, and then the, the marketing and the PR on the back end. How many books have you published for clients? You know, good question. It's approaching 600. I don't know exactly what it is. I messaged somebody that this morning and they asked me how many. I was like, I don't know. I should know though, right? It's more than 500 and less than 600. It's actually approaching 600 at this point. So there are quite a number of companies out there that will help you publish your book in one way or another. What sets you different from those other companies? Yeah, great question. There's a number of companies on uh, kind of a, a lower tier, I would say, from the standpoint of pricing and service delivery. You know, companies like Balboa or Lulu, although they can charge you a lot of money if you're not careful, but they'll publish it and then, you know, you're on your own. The way we do things is a little bit different. We basically offer a guaranteed service. Our clients want, like, legitimately to be a bestseller. It's why we're called bestseller publishing. So we do paid advertising, massive social media campaigns, press releases for our clients. We get them on TV guaranteed if they're a fit for our program, et cetera. And we actually guarantee all of these things. So we're a little bit price range and, and service a little bit more moderately and, and even higher price for the person that absolutely wants a guaranteed result. So what is the price range for a client to work with you? We start in the range of eight thousand. I mean, we have we have products that we sell that are lower price, right? You know, two ninety seven, nine ninety seven, et cetera. But for our done for you services, eight thousand all the way up to fifty five thousand. So I want to know your thoughts about the cover of a book because I know a lot of authors like to put their face on the cover. Some don't, yeah. you know, like they're. You know, the cover of a book can make a tremendous difference about how that book is received. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, it is different from person to person. I, I tell my clients, if they're really looking to brand themselves, then they should be on the cover. And that doesn't have to be the case uh, 100% of the time. But if they're really interested in branding themselves, then put themselves on the cover. If they're not, then they don't need to be on the cover. And you can use any wonderful bestseller as an example, whether it's like a Malcolm Gladwell book. If you look at all of his books, you'll see a common theme. You know, they're they're white generally with, you know, with like uh, some bold colors and, and black, large print. I mean, there's a pattern that they follow. What I did with bestseller publishing, I'm really not trying to brand myself, though I am the face of the business. I'm really trying to put the business first, you know, before my own personal brand. Right. Well, you know, I think that some of the books that you have published are really incredible and, and so on. But I think I read somewhere that some of the books you publish, you get a ghost writer. You know, if somebody mm -hmm. comes to you and they don't feel like they can write the book, you provide a ghost writer. How does that work? 
you know, as you might imagine, we work with a lot of really busy entrepreneurs. We kind of focus on nonfiction memoirs in some cases, but mainly business related nonfiction books. And so busy entrepreneurs, you know, they, if, even if they are writers by nature, which most are not, they just can't find the time to really figure out what to write about, how to actually get it written, et cetera. So we have a dozen writers on staff all here in the Southern California area. We're in, we're in Los Angeles. And we have a pretty unique process that helps a client with just one session a week to craft a great content a chapter in that one session uh, using the spoken word where they, where they speak. It's not a Q&A dialogue because that doesn't work well. That's how traditional ghostwriters do it, which really is not successful in my opinion. Anyway, we have kind of a unique way of doing it. And then it gets rewritten completely by the ghostwriter, but the voice is kept, which is the most important part. So it's, uh, you know, I, I'd say a good, you know, a third to 40% of all the books we've done have been ghostwritten by our team. Rob, I know that having a book, having a successful book can truly change the trajectory of someone's life. Can you tell us a story of somebody that came to you and as a result of a book they published, it just completely changed where they ended up in their life? Yeah, you know, I could kind of start with me. But I'm also happy to share with you some client examples, too. Probably my English teacher in high school would say, you know, he's the least likely guy to <laughs> be involved <laughs> in writing and publishing. Uh, and if you've read my emails, you probably know that that's still true today. But I was in real estate for a number of years at a very successful real estate company. In 2007, 2008, that business went from doing over $100 million a year in transactions to zero. And, you know, I was there in my early 40s, you know, licking my wounds and wondering how I'm, I'm going to, you know, pay for my kids' private school tuition and my house and all the other things that, you know, I'd acquired over my life. And I started in a new industry in financial services. And I, I asked a couple of mentors, if you were in my position, what would you do? How would you rebrand yourself? And both of them, just separate and distinct from one another, suggested I write a book. And for some reason, it rang true to me. And I wrote my first book, you know, like 11 years ago now, Life After Debt. That book, coupled with terrestrial radio, uh, this is pre-podcast, or at least before podcasts were really, you know, gaining traction. Mm -hmm. That book uh, helped me go from zero to a million bucks in, you know, like 13 months. And then multi-millions thereafter, I ended up with my own radio show, live radio, four hours a week. And, you know, it, it completely changed the trajectory. It led to people coming to me, asking me, how are you doing it? How did you turn your life around? And I said, a book. And so people started asking me, can you help me do one? And I was like, I don't know, maybe. And so I started helping people about, you know, 2009, 2010. And that was the birth of bestseller publishing. And I just fell in love with it, sold my financial services company and went all in about, it'll be eight years in June now. Well, I know in the bio, I mentioned that you had been responsible for getting three different multi-million dollar businesses successful in less than 18 months. So were those three businesses all related to books or can you expand on that? Yeah, good question. So no, two of them were. The first one was uh, you know, mortgage uh, venture I did off of my real estate company. The other two were my financial services company and my publishing company. I've also had a couple of, you know, multi six figure businesses 
that were from from books that I did, but honestly just didn't want to continue pursuing those and kind of either sold them off or or went in a, a different direction. So at this point, everything that I do is revolving around books because nothing has been easier for me than using the book to grow the business. Right. Well, I think it's fascinating what books can do to help people. Now, as we move ahead in our interview, I want to ask you a question about bullying because I've worked in this field for a long time and I know people get bullied in the professional world. They've been bullied as a child or a youth and that has affected their life. But do you have a story you can share with us about bullying where mindfulness would have made a difference? Well, that's a good question. I did see on your website all of your work with bullying, which I really commend you on. That's obviously in this day and age, it seems to be more prevalent than ever. But I think the truth of the matter is I was bullied throughout school. I can remember, you know, I was involved in the busing situation back in the late 60s. I think it was 1969 or 1970. I was kindergarten, high school, kindergarten school. I don't think they let kindergartners in high school <laughs> unless you're really smart. And I was not. And I remember my bus being pelted with rocks and, and curses and, and whatnot. I don't know if you can teach a, a six-year-old mindfulness, but you can certainly teach the parents of a six-year-old mindfulness. And I don't know that my family acted with mindfulness. I think it probably would have helped me tremendously had my family responded differently, prepared me. Now, I ultimately, I do appreciate what they did. They took me out of that school and they, they put me in, a, in another school because of the constant threats and bullying that, you know, the kids that were bussed in uh, received. But I'd say, you know, initially, you know, there could have been a lot more communication and guidance and direction during that period. So what was the fear like that you experienced at that time? What was it centered around? Well, I don't remember much from the time I was five years old, right? I mean, how many memories do you have? I don't have a great memory. Mm. And yet here I am recounting a memory to you from when I was five or six. Uh, So that alone can probably tell you, yeah, it was really stamped in during that period of time. And I hate that our country seems to be more racially divided than ever. I don't have any ill feelings towards any particular racial group. In fact, the you know, my friends are a potpourri of different, you know, colors and, and racial backgrounds. It certainly made an impact on me. You know, I, I was afraid. I was a little kid. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know why I had to be pulled out of one school and put into another one. You know, I, mm-hmm. and I was living in the Washington, D.C., Maryland area at that time. Right. So, like I said, I don't have many memories from those days, but that one's right. stamped. It's interesting. You know, I wonder if some of what happened at that time helped to create the kind of man you are and helped you become such a successful person when it came to creating companies. You know, well, thank you for saying that. I don't know. I know that we're all a product of our genetics and our upbringing. I commend, you know, I was raised primarily by my grandparents and my grandparents being, you know, depression era. You know, I was born in 64. My grandparents were in their, you know, mid to late 50s when they took me into their home. And, you know, they were entrepreneurs. So I gained an entrepreneurial spirit and probably a lack of fear uh, of entrepreneurism from them and from my father as well. And so I don't think there's any question that I'm, I'm a product of both the good and the bad, the challenges. I don't look at any of that stuff as... I don't look at really, I don't look at most of, of 
that kind of bullying as race. I look at it much more as people. People treat people horribly. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't matter what color they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, there's plenty of horrible people to go around. It really doesn't matter. I mean, we, especially in this day and age, we're mentally segregating ourselves because of what we see on the media. Yet in a lot of ways, you know, there's more peace in the world than there's ever been right now today. But you wouldn't know that watching the media. So you have to, you know, there's so many things to be careful of, right? When it, yeah. when it comes to what you're letting into your mind. Yeah, for sure. And I think that when it comes to what you do, helping people write books, I think it requires a tremendous amount of mindfulness because you have to have that end result in mind, don't you? And you have to have that focus. Do you help your clients to to stay on track and to have the focus and to move forward with that desire? How do you do that? Do you have coaches that work with the person constantly? Yeah. Yeah. That's hard, right? I mean, I would think sometimes it's easier to write a big check for an entrepreneur than it is actually to do the work. Right. And there's still work to be done, right? I mean, the entrepreneur is the expert of the subject matter expert. We are not. So yes, I mean, we act as coaches, as motivators, you know, we set them up on a calendar and on a schedule. Sometimes they cancel appointment after appointment after appointment. So yeah, sometimes we have to literally chase people down to actually get the work done. That's not the majority of cases though. Mm. You know, we try to grasp the momentum that we have in the beginning with an entrepreneur. You know, when somebody says yes and they get started, they feel this burst of excitement and hope. And so we move super fast and we're never the holdup when it comes to creating content for, with our, for and with our clients. And so, so, you know, we try to capture that burst of momentum we have right in the beginning. And oftentimes, you know, before they really start lagging, we're almost done. And then they can see the finish line and, you know, we push them the rest of the way. Well, that's good to know. It's not a long drawn out affair. How long does it usually take from start to finish? We ask if an entrepreneur can give us, you know, an author can give us one session a week over a period of three or four months, we can get everything done in that period of time. And as far as the book goes, now there's still some pieces that need to be done, the publishing, the design, the, the launch of the book, et cetera. But they're done with their work at that point. All they have to do is, you know, approve and look at the edits and that kind of thing. And, and that's simple compared to the content creation. Oh, wow. Wow. That would be exciting to have that idea in place and know that, well, certainly within six months, you're going to have a finished result. Yeah. And that's only one session a week. I mean, if you right. can give more time, right? If you can do three, then you can do it in a third the time, yeah. which, wow. I mean, that's pretty cool. That is very cool. Rob, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life? A living or, it, or yeah, dead? It could be living, dead. It could be somebody you've never met or a mentor or a coach. I'm a spiritual person. I actually grew up Jewish, but um, converted to Christianity in college, which a lot of people might see, think is strange. As far as reading about the life of Jesus, which I do every single day, has impacted my mindfulness and my peace more than anything else, anything that I could have ever imagined. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? Oh, tremendously. I'm a super emotional person. I think by nature, 
I'm emotional and get up and down pretty fast. But being mindful, uh, I mean, I cultivate peace every single morning. I get up early, get up at 5, 5.30. I'm reading, I'm meditating, I'm spending time in prayer, all to cultivate mindfulness and peace every morning. So if you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would it be? Yeah, you know, besides uh, some of the more ancient literature, Psalms, Proverbs, etc., one I read, it's a little bit different. It's called Mind to Matter, Dawson Church. Fantastic book that deals with kind of neuroscience of reality. Uh, very, very cool and intriguing book. I loved it. Very cool. And I want to ask you a question about breathing. Is breathing part of your mindfulness practice? Good question. You know, it, it isn't consciously, although I'm a golfer, and whenever I uh, find myself in some trouble, which on the golf course seems to be often, uh, I do practice breathing then. Right. And so that helps me to be more mindful. I should do it more regularly, right? I, I do it when I exercise, I practice breathing, and I do it in stressful situations on the golf course. And are there any apps that you recommend that are related to mindfulness that kind of help with focus or to be grounded or anything like that? You know, I, I don't personally use any. No, that's um, fine. But I'm open. Sure. No, that's fine. I I like to ask guests that because sometimes there are some very cool ones, but you mentioned about your morning routine and you mentioned a bit about your meditating. Could you tell us a little bit more about what meditation looks looks like in your life? Yeah. Yeah. Happy to. Um, As a business owner, even though I control my schedule and so many things in my life, which, which is cool, it has its own sets of challenges, right? I have two families to feed, so to speak, right? I have my all the people relying upon me in my business family, as well as all the people relying upon me, like my wife of almost 30 years and children, etc. So, you know, it's it's easy for something small to steal my peace. And so, you know, every morning I'm up very early, you know, usually five to five thirty, even during the time change, uh, a little harder, mm-hmm. but still up early. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll read something that helps with my initial mindset, gets my mindset focused. And I love to walk in nature. So my meditation is walking and I have a dog. I have a couple dogs. I love my animals. And my newest dog is a Argentine Dogo. If you know what that is, they're fantastic dogs. You should look it up. They're, they're amazing giant breed of dog. But uh, they look like a giant beast, but they are the sweetest, kindest, gentlest. And anyway, he demands that we go for a walk within about, you know, 30 minutes of getting up and he follows me all around. And so we walk for 30 to 45 minutes and it's a time of prayer. It's a time of thought. It's a time of reflection, real focus on gratitude for the first 15 to 20 minutes, all the amazing things I'm thankful for. And by then I'm pretty good. Well, that's awesome. That sounds like a terrific morning routine. I love to immerse myself in nature as well and to get out there and walk and move, that kind of thing. It's been great talking to you. I I think it's awesome what you're doing for the world, getting people's stories out there, helping people actually publish books when, you know, they maybe wanted to for years and get get it out there. And I know that you guarantee that that book will be a bestseller. How can you do that? Yeah, 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 yeah. People ask that when they really think about what that means. Here's, I'll I'll answer that in the technical way and in the non-technical way, if that's okay with you. From a technical perspective, 
Amazon allows every author to choose two categories. And those categories have to be, you know, based on the content of the book. So we choose two categories. And there are no small insignificant categories. There are 12 million books on Amazon. There are about 500 categories. So, so all the categories are significant. And basically, you hit bestseller on Amazon when you have more sales or downloads than, than everyone else in that category for a set period of time. So we do a preponderance of marketing. We advertise on over 50 different websites, paid advertising. We write the ads, place the ads, pay for the ads. We do three press releases that go out to a thousand media outlets, each one of them, massive social media campaigns. So we just bombard the market with marketing to get that book downloaded during a week-long period. We want to hit bestseller for the week. And it works every time. So that's the technical answer. The non-technical answer is, you know, I'm from the real estate background. And when does a realtor get paid? Well, when the house closes, right? That's when they get paid. And I just thought, you know, there's so many scammers and schemers in the world, but it seems like in publishing. And I had a lot of people take my money when I was doing my first book and I didn't know what I was doing. And all these people lined up to take my money and gave me nothing. And I just thought, you know what, if, if I'm going to create a program to do this, I, what people care about is the result. And they don't care that I send a press release. They care about the result of that. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to guarantee or I'm going to give them their money back. I'm going to give them the result they want or give them their money back. And that was because I felt like I was, I was shafted one too many times. So, you know, if, if I can't get results for people, then I guess I'm going to have to change my business is the way I look oh, at I it. I think that's fantastic. So where can we go? What's your website? Let's get that so that everybody knows and uh, we can get people publishing their books. Yeah, thank you. Well, I mean, they can get a free copy of my book at publishpromoteprofit.com. That's the title of my book. And uh, the book's selling on Amazon for $24.95 right now. In fact, it's still in the top 10 in its categories, even though it's six months past the launch date. But I'm giving away a copy. I just asked people to cover a small shipping charge so that I can get that covered, but I'll ship them a physical copy. So that's probably the best place to begin. You know, you can read, you can see you know, if this is something that would be helpful for you. That sounds great. Publishpromoteprofit.com. That's pretty easy. Yep. So thanks so much, Rob, for being on the show today. I'm really interested and fascinated about how mindfulness plays such a big role in what you do to help people get their books published. Yeah, Bruce, thank you. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed your line of questioning of different and, you know, put me on my toes. Good stuff. <laughs> You're welcome. All the best to you. Bye now. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest's name or the episode number into the search bar. You can also go mindfulnessmode.com slash whatever episode number you like. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, so many places you can hear Mindfulness Mode. So hit subscribe and share because that truly helps our show. And remember what I mentioned at the top of the show, Awaken with Focus. A 12-minute meditation just for you, recorded by me. You can be alert, focused after waking. 
That's what it's all about. Feel invigorated, fresh, and dynamic. Let your vibrancy feed those around you. Download this meditation to help you get going in the morning at mindfulnessmode.com slash awaken with focus. So remember, subscribing and sharing helps keep Mindfulness Mode on the air. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.